0: Welcome to the Vedic Mythology, Music, and Mantras podcast. I'm Ben Collins. This podcast takes an entertaining and informative look at some of the inspiring and humorous stories of India's Vedic tradition, followed by recordings of Vedic and other mantras being chanted by traditional Brahmin priests. Show notes and other materials can be found at puja.net, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T. Thanks for joining us. Today I'm going to continue my series on Shiva with a few more stories about him. One of the classics is that Brahma and Vishnu were arguing about who was the greater god. Brahma argued that it was he because he has to create the world before Vishnu can administer and protect it. To which Vishnu pointed out that when he, Vishnu, was lying on the snake Sesha Naga during Pralaya, the period of dissolution between creations, Brahma emerged from Vishnu's navel in a lotus flower and therefore Vishnu's argument was that because he came first Vishnu was the greater of the two of them. But while they were talking a huge column of light appeared before them and neither Brahma nor Vishnu had ever seen anything like it before so they were wondering what to do. They didn't know quite what it was and they thought that they might want to see if They could find the end of it, so Brahma took the form of a white swan, and Vishnu adopted the form of a white boar, or wild pig, and they took off in different directions, and they agreed that whomever could find the end and return first would be the greater god, and off they went. Well, eventually, as he was trying to find the end of the lingam, Brahma came upon a bird with a flower in its beak, and Brahma asked the bird if he knew where the end of the column of light was, and the bird replied that, He did not. So Brahma asked him for the flower as proof that they had met. And eventually Brahma found Vishnu back where they had started. And Brahma showed Vishnu the flower and claimed that he had uh, reached the top of the lingam or the column of light and taken the flower off of it, which of course was a lie. But then Shiva suddenly appeared and neither Brahma nor Vishnu knew who he was. But Shiva was very angry with Brahma for telling this lie and cursed him never to be worshipped with pujas and yagyas, which is true to this day. Brahma, the creator, has only a couple of temples in all of India. But of course, even this story is contradicted by another. Shiva is also known as Mahadeva, the great god, and he has a manifestation known as Rudra, who is technically the destroyer, along with Brahma, the creator, and Vishnu, the protector. In the Vishnu Purana, which is a collection of stories, uh, Rudra is said to have sprung from the forehead of Brahma and later separated from him into male and female forms. And Rudra is given several names by Brahma, Bhava, Sarva, Ishana, Pashupati, Bhima, Ugra, and Mahadeva. So as Rudra was known by all these names, his identity gradually got merged into that of Shiva, and they're pretty much considered to be different manifestations of the same deity, which is Shiva. But the debate of which among Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva came first is not really likely ever to be decided. It's interesting that this form of Rudra, also known as ardhana is half male and half female. And in temples, you can find mortis or statues and certainly paintings that show Shiva in this half male and half female form, the co equal union of substance, Shiva, and energy, his wife Parvati, the Divine Mother. And it's interesting to note that the Vedic tradition holds the role of male and female as co equal from the moment of creation. And the relationship of Shiva with his wife Parvati is the subject of many stories, starting with her first manifestation as Sati, whom, as we saw in the first episode of this series on Shiva, ultimately got so frustrated with the behavior of her father Daksha and husband Shiva that she jumped into the fire and went back to heaven. Shiva, as we saw, was distraught, and ultimately he ended up returning to Mount Kailas where he lives and went back to his meditations. But Sati returned to Earth, wanting to be with her husband, and she took the form of Parvati, the daughter of Himalaya, the mountains. But she couldn't manage to get his attention because he was so absorbed in his meditation. So she went to the southernmost tip of India, in a place now known as Kanyakumari, And she sat upon a rock there and meditated for many, many years, and of course the myths say thousands of years. And finally, Shiva paid some attention to her, and agreed to be married, and plans were made to have the wedding. But on the wedding day, Shiva was nowhere to be found, having gotten delayed by an attack of some demon or something on the way. But Parvati waited and waited, and finally realized that he just wasn't going to show up, and she was so angry that she stomped her foot and threw her flowers along the seashore. And to this day, there's an impression, a foot-like impression, in the rock around which there's a very beautiful temple that you take a short boat ride out to. And along the beaches there, the sand has beautiful bands of colors where the flowers fell. Eventually, Shiva and Parvati were married in a colorful ceremony at her father's home in the Himalayas. And stories of their relationship are great fun and frequently revolve around their teasing each other in one way or another. Shiva is known as Nataraj, the lord of the dance. No doubt you've seen statues of Shiva in his dancing pose, one leg raised, a small drum in one hand, and his long hair swirling about as he dances. And the serious side of this story is that it's all symbolic of Shiva as lord of time, in his form of Kalabhairava. And when he stops dancing, time, and therefore creation, will stop as well. But there's a more amusing story that will change a little bit how you see this statue the next time you come across it. Shiva and Poverty were talking one day and gotten into an argument about who was the better dancer, and so they decided to have a contest where they would each have to precisely copy the dance moves of the other. So they took turns dancing, each one copying the other very precisely, and this continued for days, each one matching the other. And finally, Shiva performed a move in which he lifted his leg high up, just as you see in that statue, and Parvati, in frustration, gave in, saying that she considered the move beyond her modesty, and that he was cheating, but if that was how he wanted to win, it was fine with her, she would let him win. One day, Parvati snuck up behind Shiva and put her hands over his eyes, and suddenly the entire universe was plunged into darkness. The Lord of the Universe couldn't see, and everywhere, every creature was plunged into darkness and fear. And suddenly, from the center of his forehead, a great tongue of flame shot out and gave light to the world. So, in the charming symbology of the Vedic tradition, it's all a great reminder that it is the spiritual that truly gives light to life and removes all fear. And so, the third eye, Shiva's third eye, uh, is symbolic of the power of his spiritual sight. And our first section of chanting today is called the Kalabairava Stotram, and it's a hymn about Shiva as the creator and destroyer of time itself. And it's pretty short, it's just a couple of minutes, and I'm going to follow that with an old recording of another Stotram for Shiva that is sung in a more popular style from 20-30 years ago and it's very typical of older forms of devotional music, and it just simply tells the story of Shiva. It's always said that Shiva is very easily pleased, and in fact his Panchakshara mantra, Om Namah Shivaya, simply means that I bow down to Shiva, or I honor Shiva. So in this song, Listen for Shiva referred to as Maheshwara, or Shivaya, and the singer repeating his mantra, Om Namah Shivaya, or just Namah Shivaya. And that's all for this week. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: Kashika Purathinatha Kalapairavam Phaje Bhanagoti Pasvaram Pavabdhitara Kamparam Nila Kanta Mixitartha Dajakam Trilogenam Kalakala Bambujatra Makrashula Makaram Kashika Purathinatha Kalapairavam Phaje Shoola-Tanga-Pasha-Dandha-Pani-Madhikaranam, Shyamagaya-Madhideva-Maksaram-Niramayam, Bhima-Vikramam-Brabhu-Vichitra-Tandha-Vapriyam, Kashika-Puradhinath-Galabhairavam-Bhache. Bhukti-Mukti-Dayakam-Praśasthacharu-Vigrahaam, Bhakta-Vatsalam-Stitam-Samasthaloga-Vigrahaam, nikwanal managyhema kingi neela satkadin kaashika puradinatha kala bhairavam dharma setu palakam Dharma marga karma paashamochakam su sharma dayakam vibhum swarna varna shesha shobitam mandalam kaashika puradinatha kala Atnapadu ka prabha bhirama pada yogmakam nitya matvidi yamirta daivadam niranjanam vrityudhar panasanam karaladam tramokanahu kashika puradinata pala bhairavam bhate Attahasa pinna patma janda kosha santatim, drittipatha nasta papa jala mukrashasanam, Ashtasiddhida jacam kapala malikanthanam, Kashika purathinatha kala bhairavam paje, Bhuta sangha najakam vilala Kashivasa loka punya papa shodha kambipum, Nidi Marga Kovidam purādhanam Jagat Padim Kashika Buratinata Pala Vira Bampa Kalavira Vastakampatanuti Manoharam Jnana Mukti Sathanam Vijitrapunya Vartanam Shoga Moha Deinya Loba Kopatavanatanam Shoka Moha Denya Topatapanajanam te prajanti kala bairavangri san nidhim te prajanti kala bairavangri san
2: gandharaya vilochayanaya bhasmangaragaya maheshwaraya nityaya shuddhaya Digambaraya, tasmay nakaraya namashiwa तस्मयि नकारये नमः सिवाये Dai kini, salille chundana ne cercitaya, non maheshwaraya prahadhanade, mahesweraya, mandai kini, salille chunde ne cerchitaya, प्रमधनाद महेश्वराय मदार मुखय बहु पुष्प सुपूजिताये तस्मै मकाराय नमः नमः now I see सूर्याये दत्ते Nazakaya, श्रीनीलकंठाये वृश्चैध्वजाये तेस्मायी सिकाराये सिकाराये Oh, mercy. Munindra Devarchita Sekharaya Vasishta Kumbhotava Munindra Devarchita Sekharaya Chandrarka, is one at a lot and I, yes, may Divya, divide, digum, me, no mercy, Merci.